Welcome to a special edition of the Computer Weekly Downtime Upload Podcast. I'm Cliff Saren and my guest today is Suba Tatavati from Wipro. Suba, to get things started, can you share a little background about yourself, please? Thank you, Cliff. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm the global CTO of Wipro, and I've been in the job for over 16 months now. Um, Mm. Time flies. Um, Prior to joining Wipro, I was um, at Walmart uh, leading their technology um, monetization uh, charter. Um, And prior to Walmart, I spent over a decade, and I grew up at PayPal uh, and primarily roles in the PayPal data and infrastructure teams. Mm. Uh, Know a thing or two about scale. Big organizations, very, very big organizations. Very big organization, very global, yes. Mm. Um, I was reading your background and I noticed that we have something in common, uh, which is that we're both trail runners. Um, Could you tell me how you you got into that and how does it, how, how do you get the time to trail run? Wow. Um, How I got into that, um, I am not a big sports person. Mm. (laughs) And there's one sport that I do believe and it's it's easy is 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 and I that's how it started was running. Mm. Uh, All you have is need is a pair of shoes and 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 an open space. and, And that's how it started. Um, I live in the most beautiful part of the world. That's what I believe uh, in the San Francisco Bay mm. Area. And we have many, many beautiful hikes and trails all around. Yeah. And as I start to hike with my children, I start to enjoy the outdoors more. Um, and that's how it started. It's mm. like the sport that I love combined with the trails that I love. Mm. Um, let, let's. I mean, going back to looking, looking at the sort of IT landscape and um, and, and 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 business as well. And I mean, we've all lived through a tough couple of years um, with the pandemic. But what do you see as the immediate challenges organisations are facing post COVID? Yeah, and this is an interesting question because we see this consistently, not just within our own organization, but it's also across the customers and industries and verticals we serve. Pandemic was very interesting in the sense Mm. that very quickly organizations had to adapt to a situation that was fast changing and still drive both top line and bottom line growth. Mm. And it was amazing in the sense that technologies evolved and um, the the innovation, especially in distributed workforce, accelerated thanks to pandemic. Post-pandemic, as distributed workforce became a norm, Mm. companies are beginning to understand, recognize, and realize that we still have to work towards a mission, a goal. And that's what engages employees. Yes. And I think that is going to be very interesting problem to solve and to continue to work on is how do we create that same level of belonging, engagement, and drive towards a common sense of purpose Mm. as we begin to 
normalize this whole distributed workforce concept. And I think that's where Cliff, I believe, uh, companies will need to evolve and we'll see a lot of interesting more interesting solutions to this challenge mm. and problem. So uh, what, what, what would you say are the technologies driving the future of work and which ones are having the most immediate effect and which ones would you say are a, a bit further away and maybe we should look out for them coming on, you know, being deployed or going mainstream in perhaps a few years from now? Right, right. And and I think this is very interesting, right? We, we all talked about um, uh, technologies that have enabled um, uh, teams to come together mm. um, in terms of uh, the tooling, like collaborative toolings uh, across the world. You know, there are many, many companies that have done exceedingly well. Uh, whether it is um, online messaging, whether it is collaborative workforce, whether it is um, collaborative ways of actually developing code, what have you, um, they have become norm and they've be they're here to stay. Mm. Um, but I feel what is very fascinating and what is going to be very interesting in certain verticals is going to be around immersive, immersive experiences for employees. And what does that really mean? Uh, what does it mean to have an immersive workforce where you may be sitting in a very far away corner in the world, but you feel like you're literally next sitting next to your colleague who might be parting, sitting in another part of the world hmm. and still create those experiences which feel like virtually it's, it's a virtual immersive environment or maybe hybrid environment, but still creates the physicality of it still, yes. still gives you the physicality of sitting next to each other and still having those collaborative workforces. Mm. And that's going to be very interesting for us to see how those technologies evolve. And we can talk a little bit more about that, but mm. I know you were I trying mean, to say you, something. Yes. I mean, are you talking about the, the metaverse? Is that <laughs> yes, what you're I describing? Oh, okay. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, from what I, I've seen of the metaverse, and there have been some big announcements over the last couple of weeks. Um, why would you say that a, a business leader should take it seriously? And particularly, why should they be taking it seriously now? I think as part of metaverse, and there are a lot of skeptics, and I don't know exactly where we will land, because only future will tell. But one thing is for certain, and one thing is for sure, and we all know this, and I know this, is mm metaverse or some instantiation or form of it is here to stay. And here's why. It is 100% related to the immersive experiences I'm talking about. Mm. In the past, in the last two decades, most interactions we saw were primarily driven by humans on a two-dimensional web X, a web page, an mm. app or what have you, right? We started with the journey of a you know two-dimensional web page, then it become more of an app, and there's more and more optimizations that were built in to create a better user experience for just-in-time uh, transactions, which were led by humans, mm. and it was primarily a 2D experience, right? Yes. But now we are in the and and when we just started that journey. Our web pages were static, very, very um, basic. But as you saw the evolution in the next 20 years, the and as they ended up becoming more interactive, that 
innovation permeated every layer of the web 2.0 stack, which mm. ended in this whole virtualization of infrastructure, virtualization of network, just-in-time network, just-in-time compute, and so on and so forth. I see the same journey evolving for immersive experience, which is going to be the next generation of experiences for humans. And that immersive experiences requires a fundamental change in the internet architecture and the infrastructure, the architecture of the internet, architecture of the infrastructure. Mm. And I think that's what is exciting about this whole meta phase of the internet, so to speak. It is about immersive experiences, about augmented experiences, about taking the virtual reality and overlaying in, on your physical reality and creating ambient experiences for humans where humans are not interacting to cause an action, but action happens because of our information, data, and a, just mere presence. And that is happening today. And that is what is exciting for all us, of our technologists. And this is just one instantiation and one um, experience of meta is just one phase. But how it's going to be evolved is what is exciting to me. And it's 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 for all of us to sit and wait and watch. Mm. And, and hopefully some of us, which I know Wipro is, will, will, will participate in that evolution and uh, the journey. Uh, I mean, what you mentioned that you know some of these things are happening today. Uh, can you share some examples? Some some of the things that you're inspired by, you know, and you think, well, this is definitely you know cutting edge or so innovative, and it's it's showing the way forward. Yeah, and certain areas that is really interesting is is one is around learning. Mm. Learning is being revolutionized by these immersive experiences, and the second is going to, in the manufacturing. Digital twin, as an example, in manufacturing was a concept that was six years, seven years ago. Mm. But suddenly it has become the forefront. And you may ask the why. I love the whole five whys uh, mm. questioning yes. because it always gets to the right reasons of why you want to do what you want to do. You know, yes. think about manufacturing, right? The cost of a mistake in manufacturing is significantly higher than mm. any other industry. If you can bring in a digital twin, which is immersive in nature, create training and learning, and in fact, even product design, manufacturing and testing in an immersive and a, a digital world, iron out all the issues and then start in a physical world. Imagine the bottom line efficiencies that you're driving through those those technologies, right? Mm. And, and, and that's happening right now. And we are involved in many such conversations. Um, similarly, on the learning, which is just an extension of, you know, what I just talked about, but, but the use cases are not just in the industry of the specific verticals, but across the earning, the learning cycle of mm. an individual. Yes. Um, how much will you gain? We all know this. We don't learn because you read. You learn because you experience it. You know, it always sticks it when you are the one who is working on that mm. problem and you suddenly have this aha moment and say, oh, my God, this <laughs> is how it needs to be done. And we've all experienced that. Mm. Okay. And yes. The whole immersive experiences of metaverse is provide you with that opportunity, which in the past was not possible. And it was only in 2Ds when somebody was trying to explain to you through 2D modeling. And the mm. last one I'll add, Cliff, is that this can, for the first time, some of these use cases can be had at scale, which means if you had a, I remember your own experience when you were encountered with the most amazing teacher or 
somebody that you learn from. Mm. The reason for that was that individual teacher had this massive impact because they were able to explain the why behind it. Yes. But then had, making sure that such kind of learning experiences can be then had at scale and mm. democratize that opportunity. And that is what is exciting about this this whole evolution. Uh, you know, one of the things, I guess, having been and seen, experienced a few metaverse demonstrations is this idea that it um, it seems like a computer game. It seems at the moment mm. to me a bit like Minecraft. And certainly even the developers want to show something like a, a virtual uh, beach volleyball in, in the middle of, of, of this thing that they're trying to explain to me why it's a work environment. And I'm wondering whether gamification is going to be what we expect from the metaverse, as in this will be the way we learn through gamification. And, you know, it's something that it's not like a textbook it's because you're experiencing it this and it, it is and it's happening in this virtual space or whether that it's going to be a bit of a distraction and it will it'll it'll be treated more as a gimmick because of that well what's your what's your thoughts on what you're seeing now and perhaps how some of these things will will evolve what you're seeing now is very much, and I always go back 20 years ago when mm. when you just saw static web pages and yeah. you say, oh, is this is this how it's going to be? And there were a lot of critiques back critics back then, like, ah, this is not going to happen. This is not <laughs> something that's going to stick around. We'll always have physical stores. And you remember at some point they said, oh, everything is going to be virtual. Physical stores are going away. And where did in 20 years? or 25 years now, uh, and now we're, we still have physical stores, we'll still have virtual stores, and mm. both are, are are very much in play. In fact, where we are headed right now in that space is about omni, right? Omni meaning, you know, you can take your physical experience and very quickly, seamlessly move it into a transactional digital experience and then take the digital experience and very seamlessly move into a physical experience. And yes. that's what is happening right now, if you really look at that evolution. I do believe that similar will have with immersive, right? You're taking the digital experience and creating more richer forms of it instead mm. of having um, having um, something that somebody else is using as a model. Potentially, you may be the model in that virtual experience for the same shopping experience I just talked about mm. and take uh, your own immersive experience in a phys digital world into a physical world. And that's how I see these use cases playing out. I do want to touch upon a little bit about, yes, you're absolutely right that everything you've seen looks like a Minecraft or a, some sort of a gamed console and more, nothing more than <laughs> yes. that. Um, but I think that's just because others are not able to, not others, we all are trying to figure out how do we create a tangible use cases mm. which actually have foundational business value? And how do I create that experience that transcends just the gamification side of it or, or just making it look like, you know, you it, it's not going to be an, in lieu of your physical interactions. How can I even say that my experience of Grand Canyon is can be substituted 100% by a meta or virtual world of Grand Canyon? No, but what it is, is that 
that you experience it, you create an experience there, and then you transcend that into a physical or and back and forth. And that's where I believe we will end up, end up, mm. you know, uh, with, with this entire concept. <clears throat> but I think we want to double click on the area that it is the, the digital world of Web 2.0 is transforming into an immersive world of Web 3.0. And I think that is the Uber point and that's the meta point here. Yes. Uh, it's interesting because I was speaking to meta last week and what came out of that conversation, it's, it's similar to what you're saying. Um, you know, when the web or HTML, people started programming in HTML. I mean, I did my first web page, hand coded it in HTML. And Yes, you know, my own personal experience is, yes, making a, a spinning color animation or whatever was was the highlight of my day. You know, I could do this on the website. Uh, these days, those sorts of things don't really exist. You know, we, we, we are doing far more sophisticated things, but the text on the page is still text on the page and the pictures are pictures. The, the flashy stuff that came and went, it just it disappeared. It, 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 it moved out of fashion because people found a way of making the web useful uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 the the things that that the APIs allowed you to do the the, the you know the, the scrolling text and all of that you know became almost well we don't need to overuse this it's 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 just a function that perhaps we don't really need it's, it it detracts from what we're the the information we're trying to present or or whatever uh, and, I, and I guess that is the case with, you know, these 3D worlds. They will, at some point, uh, evolve to where the, the gimmicky side is, well, we, we, we go up. We, 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 we evolve to the point where we see the gimmicky side as it's, it's no longer there. And what comes out of it is the more useful side. Do you think so? Uh, because I think that's, um, I mean, just from my own personal experience, it's, it's happened with... I mean, we're we're doing a call today on 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 Teams, right? It's a you know on on a platform on, on the platform that, which I think a few years ago it would have been a telephone call, but because yep. of the pandemic, going back to the first question, because of the pandemic, we we take for granted that we can do this type of a call on um on, on a collaborative platform. And and, mm -hmm. and it's taken for granted. And that happened very, very quickly, you know, literally as, as soon as the pandemic has struck. You know, this is, you know, these platforms took off, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it is quite interesting. And uh, uh, I, I just want to move on to the next question, actually, uh, which is take it, taking, you know, moving beyond the, the sort of metaverse, because one of the things that... I, I think that you've you're quite interested in is this, and you mentioned it earlier about this sort of virtualization, uh, but that goes beyond you know the virtual sort of technology to virtual economy, and uh, and this phrase uh, which I like, in, I've got it in my questions. So I will put it to you. What is metanomics? So that's it. So let's start with what is metanomics and then how does that sort of fit into this idea of the virtual economy? And I know we've, we've spoken about virtual twin, not virtual twins, sorry, digital twins. And is, is there a kind of a line you can draw between things like that and metanomics? Interesting. Um, the, the simple answer to what is metanomics is economics in the meta. Right? <laughs> Um, but 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 there's more than that. There's more than that, and and I think that is what is 
baffling a few, and you've touched upon this a little bit about, you know, this is a, is it going to be digital goods that don't, and the digital goods was in 2013 and 14. You remember this mm. with some of these games that were selling and, 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 and we all have family members. I have a teenage son who insists on buying digital tools to get better at what he's playing. And, mm. and, and mm. the question is, are we just going to stick to that? And is that going to be the new norm where everything is digital? And I, the answer is going to be back to what I just said, perhaps a bit of it, but not really. Yes. And 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 this is where the success of Meta worse versus, so to speak, because there will be several verses, mm-hmm. um, which is a metaification, you know, meta of what what they believe they are. Um, it's going to be interesting, but the the true success will lie when a f- digitality of it is manifested in the physical world and vice versa. Mm. And and I think there are some use cases that are emerging that are fascinating when you think about it. And no, the whole transaction started with digital goods, then it all started with fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens, and then mm. you know this whole idea and then became a norm, um, somewhat of a norm in very very small circles. But I do believe that the true success and the stickiness will 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 manifest itself when we do see that transient the transient nature or 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 value of that transient world where it is moving from a physical to a digital and vice versa mm. um I'm just thinking, um, I'm thinking aloud here, so excuse me if this yes, question please, comes across <laughs> not quite right, but you know, if you you, you shop on the, uh, you know, like Amazon or whatever, it doesn't really matter where. The the pictures, the pixels are really not very, very good, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you're buying something like clothes. Not that you buy clothes on Amazon, but the, the, it's just the idea that, you, imagine buying a hat, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, there's no idea that you can't literally say that this hat will fit me um, just by looking at it, right? It, it might have a specification that you can say, well, I know. But if you go into a shop, right, you can try it on and instantly know. You didn't have to know the diameter of your head to know that the hat will fit, right? Or how exactly. it will look. Um, exactly. And obviously how things look look always look different depending on how you look at them, right? You know, and... Uh, um, because of the way the the computer monitors project, you know, light, um, they're backlit, so it's um, exactly so things Cliff. things are different. Like, yeah, go on. Exactly. One of the biggest conversations we're having is with cosmetics and uh, fashion uh, mm. companies, and they really want to dabble in the metaverse part of it. We haven't yet just gotten it right yet because there are not enough tools that are available. Which is especially how do you do democratizes? How do you make it at scale? How do you know make sure that you don't have to buy a ten thousand dollar or a thousand dollar device for you to experience that? Because mm. especially at scale for some of these custom yes, enterprises yeah. that are serving these customers and create those immersive experiences. For instance, beauty industry. Mm. You're absolutely right. You can actually have a complete metanomics life cycle however the instantiation will be in a physical world where you might get your lipstick you know shipped to you because you've already experienced everything that you would normally do in a physical world and then you're doing it in at at scale you're bringing down the cost but that does not mean you will not have enough physical locations they make to coexist but the experience becomes more and more frictionless right Mm. you're absolutely right like how do you make sure that 
by using these technologies, you're creating an extremely frictionless experience for your customers. So when they come in, they 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 buy, but they don't even buy in the sense that you 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 take away every friction possible. As an example, think about you know tokenization and um, digital wallets, mm. right? That itself, in some ways, is friction. You know, you think about what flashing a credit card is a friction. Well, think about it. You're in a line. You are actually going in. There's a sale. There's Thanksgiving sale. Massive line, so on and so forth. Instead, if I'm able to pinpoint, you create a virtual world. I'm able to, you know, try on the cosmetics. I'm just going to zero in on cosmetics just because we just talked about it as a use case. Sure. And we we try it on. We love it. We know exactly our skin tone, and we know that this shade. We we really like that experience. And now you just walk out. But because you've created your identity, you because it's a known identity, because it's it's an identity that has been established. You walking out and just saying I like it will actually make the transaction even more frictionless, and the product is shipped to you. Hmm. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so, so this is going to definitely change uh, the world of commerce, and I, we see a lot of interest in in the commerce, so especially consumer goods. Right now, that's hmm. mostly consumer goods, and it'll permeate to enterprises, as I just talked about, from a digital tins twin as a use case, hmm. and then at tech and so on and so forth. I, I think. The but, di- sorry, I, I think the digital twin is a, a good example um, because what we were talking about earlier. Um, that uh, you know, these—it's very hard to uh, say in cosmetics to ha- you know you, you you could upload a picture of yourself and then apply the cosmetics onto it, and would it be exactly what you expect when you actually buy the product and bring it home and look at your you know apply it in front of a mirror? And the answer is no. You know the the technology isn't there to do that as well uh, you know it just that just isn't you know you would you're better off going to a department store or to the cosmetics shop and here you know someone will uh, apply it for you and and i think that's possibly the same with digital twins it's how much of a the question i have for you it's actually and so it's, it's just one to ponder as, as a sort of final thing to, to discuss is how much of this can we say is a bit of a compromise uh, that is good enough to get us to where we need to get to, and how much of it needs to be as real as it possibly can be? It's going to be a combination of both, because we might end up compromising in certain ways to get it out there, to get more information, interaction, data, to then continue to fine-tune. Mm. And I think it's going to be very similar to how we mature any technology. But then the question is, where can we compromise and where do we have to wait for for it to be accurate enough? For yeah. instance, in um, in healthcare, mm. medical, I think the errors and lack, lack of good experience or poor experience may, the, the results and the repercussions are uh, more costly mm. um, than perhaps the cosmetics or um, other industries we just talked about. Yes. So, so I think it's going to be a journey. There will be early adopters um, of 
technology where the 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 risk of failing may not necessarily be as high, but you mm. still create delighters in some experiences in some ways. And that's yes. why we see, as I mentioned, gaming and you know, you talked about gaming as, as one of those use cases where they, they started 10 years ago mm. with, mm-hmm. with digital goods as a concept. Yes. And and it's now permeating into ed tech in certain areas, not all areas. And then mm. we talked about digital twins. And then we talked about commerce. And I think some of the other areas like health and others might be some of the laggers because not because they're, you know, averse to adopting new technology, but it's primarily a function of, you know, their own uh, the risk profile for those mm. industries and sectors. And I think it's going to be a journey. Mm. And I'm excited that we are part of this journey. I think it's going to change the game for us. But I do believe that there is going to be a combination of physicality and virtuality that will eventually emerge, which is I'm excited for. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's fantastic talking to you, Sita. I mean, I've, I, I, could, I could talk forever. We have so many things to discuss. But I, I just want to say that um, what, what, one, just one last thing, actually, <laughs> before we go. And I want to go back to trail running. Uh, because you do, you know, it's one of those things that you can spend a lot, a lot of time doing and, um, you know, just going out on the trails and mm-hmm. in the open space and the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, what, 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 what do you think about on your runs? Do you All think, do, do you think idea. about technology? <laughs> oh. uh, no, I think my team dreads when I know it's, it's, that's a joke. Uh, I, I actually, all my crazy ideas come from my, from my time open doors uh in, in the open space mm-hmm. i saturday and sunday my family knows that uh, mom is out so so there's no way she's compromised so we everybody makes plans around my my hours on saturday and sunday um i i think it's it's that reset moment and all of us need that and i mm. think that's my i call it my brain floss yes um that's the time when you have no other thoughts or distractions except for your own thoughts and your own mind. And then I think it's very powerful. And I, and 90% of what I do there is, is um, try not to think very much, but when I do think sometimes when you don't think very much, that's when the best ideas come. So yes. it's a lot, that's my ideation <clears throat> session. How about that? Fantastic. Well, Suva, thank you very, very much. It's been lovely talking to you. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.